Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the incredible things former teachers are doing now. I'm Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad you're here. So teacher friends, are you ready to hear what your amazing educator skills look like when they're put to work in the world beyond the classroom? Let's jump in. Today's episode is going out to all of our creative teachers out there who have interests and pursuits that they want to look into more that don't relate much with teaching. We are going to be listening to and learning from Skylar Rain to hear how she went from being a teacher to becoming a professional photographer. So if you have interests that you are wanting to pursue. This is a perfect example of someone that takes the courage and paves a personal path toward what they want. Let's check it out. We have Skylar with us. Skylar, thanks so much for being willing to share your story. Of course. Thanks for asking me. You bet. Skylar was a teacher and has now gone into photography, has gorgeous work that you can see on her site and her Instagram. And we'll share all of that information to get there in our show notes. Um, But Skylar, let's take it back much further than that to when you were a kid. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, The main thing that I remember wanting to be was a writer. Um, I loved reading. I loved to write. And so I just always wanted to be a writer. Um, I went through a few phases where I wanted to be like a detective or an FBI agent, but mostly writing was a thing that just kind of always stuck and was in the back of my head. Cool. And then when you were growing up further and going into teaching, did you know when you entered college that you wanted to go into teaching or how did, yeah, how did you enter the field? So going into college, I really didn't know um, exactly what I wanted to major in. So um, I actually started out in the agriculture program just because I had gotten college scholarships from like FFA and 4-H. And so I just had to be part of the ag business program temporarily. So took a few ag classes and just knew that the business world wasn't for me. But I was also taking a couple English classes at the time. And uh, I talked to one of my professors about, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be a writer. I was really interested in journalism, but I just don't know what the career outlook in those fields are like. And after several conversations with her, we just talked about me going into the education field and getting an English, I guess, an English language arts degree through education, since it's kind of like a, a more set career path. So then I redirected my college career to do education. And yeah, I got my degree in secondary education for English, English language arts and you know, so I did all the practicums and the student teaching for all of that. Cool. And what did you love about teaching? What specifically did you teach? Mm-hmm. And how long did you teach? So I did get my degree and was licensed to teach in English language arts. So um, I could teach junior high or high school. But after right after college, I graduated in December. And I actually got a teaching job at a high school in Um, my college town, and they had a job opening for a broadcast journalism teacher or um, basically like a video teacher. And so I applied for that job, got it. And so that spring semester, I 
yeah, I was a high school broadcast journalism teacher. And I loved all the high school kids I got to work with day to day. It was just fun because it was, we were doing a lot of creating. We were making videos, editing videos. These students had a weekly broadcast program. So like every week, they were creating little short segments for a video that they produced and published for the school on Thursdays. So as I was getting my degree in secondary education, I was also taking journalism classes. And some of those journalism classes were a basic intro to photography and photojournalism classes. And so I got this job and I, I did not know anything about producing videos or making videos, but I had the foundations of photography down. And so really, I wasn't the one doing a lot of teaching. When I had this job, it was more so the, the kids in that class already knew how to do all this stuff. So we were just, they were teaching me how to shoot video and edit and, you know, create a show. And I was just, I was learning with them. And I was just kind of the adult who was fostering this happening. So like, I, I just loved the relationships I had with those students. And I just loved that it was kind of a creative, like laid back. I didn't have the pressure of having to prepare these kids for a test or anything. It was just we were kind of in our own section of the building doing our own thing. And so I think that's really what I loved about that job. That sounds really cool. And it sounds, yeah, just very production oriented. Yes. yes. Huh. Sounds like um, fun. Yeah. And I, so I would have, you know, it's a great job. I loved it. But that towards the end of the school year, the district um, was making budget cuts. And since I, you know, was hired only in January, I was, one of the first to go. So a lot of us new teachers who had just gotten hired in January got let go at that time. And so that was just kind of a, it just kind of put a temporary bad taste in my mouth towards teaching after that. And so it just really sucked because I I really loved that job and I loved the students and it was just something that was more out of my control. So did your transition from the field come more out of necessity. Clearly there there were budget cuts at your school. Did you look into other teaching opportunities or did you make a transition at that time? So there are a couple more years of teaching things before I finally actually, you know, transitioned out. After that job, I I went and got my master's degree in mass communication and that's kind of when I was starting to build my photography business on the weekends during that time. And as as I was finishing up my master's degree, I started subbing. So I subbed for a year. And at this time, I was living with my parents. And so I was just finishing school and subbing and also doing photography on the side. And then after that, I is when I got my next teaching job that just really pushed me, pushed me out. So and will you tell us a bit about that? This is clearly a safe place <laughs> and it's clearly yes. all teachers. So we all relate and we know it's not complaining about the field. We know yeah. it's expressing the reality of it and it's healthy when we can actually have a safe place. Yes. You know, like, like I told you before we, before we started this, like the faculty room isn't always the place <laughs> to be open yeah. about some of this, but this is so, and I'm sure yeah. other people would appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So my, my now husband is military and um, he got stationed in Colorado. And so I decided to move out to Colorado to um, finally be in the same place as him. And so um, getting a teaching job was, was, of course, like the easy 
way I can move out here and, you know, have, have a job. So I got a job teaching at a middle school and I was the technology teacher. So I was really excited and like looking forward to it because, you know, I liked being in the more creative teaching job where, yeah, just a little more creative and not, you know, I wasn't having to necessarily worry about testing for standards or anything like that. And within about the first week of my time there, I just knew, I knew it was going to be a rough year. And I knew, you know, I was just kind of praying I would make it through October. So kind of what made things different about this school is it it was just in a lower income area. A lot of the kids come from just troubled backgrounds, like maybe they don't have involved parents, maybe they're living with grandparents. Um, it was kind of initially culture shock to me, just the behavior of these kids, the way they spoke to adults. They, a lot of kids, you know, just didn't care about things. And the school is kind of, the school is also trying to kind of get back on their feet and get get things a little more under control than what I guess things had been. And so just every day, every day, every class, there was always several behavior issues. Send them to the principal's office. And I assume then that after time you started seeing this, or maybe not even after much time at all, but it was taking a personal toll on you? Oh, yeah. Um, Because not only was it like just managing behavior in the classroom, it was also, you know, my first year, my first full year as a teacher And I was, you know, the computer technology teacher. So there was a curriculum to follow. So it had like standards that I was supposed to hit, but there were no resources to, to teach these standards. So, so every day was kind of a battle with technology. I had a classroom of 24 uh, Mac computers yeah. And, um, you know, when you're going all day with 20 kids, 20, 24 kids cycling in every hour trying to use these computers, computers were old, older. Um, they just couldn't really keep up with all the kids. And then uh, there also wasn't a way to control like what websites they were on. So I was all within like a month and a week. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out a whole lot of things. So I'm trying to figure out what to teach these kids and like how to teach these kids because I really wasn't given any resources. So I'd get to school at about 6.30, 6.45 in the morning. School didn't start till 8.30. So during that time, I would just, you know, prepare, maybe prepare for the day or the next day and then get through the school day. And then after school, I was going home. I'd get home about 4.30 and I would still work for two to three hours, um, sometimes just to prepare for the next school day. So yeah, not only were like my classroom time, like that was emotionally and mentally challenging because I was just having so many behavior issues with students that I wasn't always getting a lot of teaching done. So it was just a really hard environment for me. The administrators, like our superintendent and principals, they were trying to help teachers, but just some of the kids, like even to the principals and superintendent, they, you know, they just weren't receptive. And I know it's not easy to talk about this part of things. So I appreciate you being, you know, open and real about it. Yeah, like, That's one of the reasons why we're able to have healthy conversation on here. So, but I know that part, that's not easy. So yeah. 
Thank you. You mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that you were just hoping to make it to October. <laughs> tell us, tell us how that went. Like, did you teach yeah. to the end of the school year? Did you go into something else partway through? Yes. Or yeah, tell us about that. So I did make it through the whole school year, but so like at this school, there was a whole crop of us new teachers because the year before a lot of teachers had left and didn't return. So there's a whole, I can't remember how many, um, our school had about three to 400 students, but there were at least 10 plus new teachers and kind of by September, October, a couple of teachers had already quit. And so what that meant when those teachers quit is during our plan time, often we were called to cover cover another class. So I just kind of knew that if I quit, then I would be putting my coworkers in this same rough position. I didn't want to do that. And there, there was just also something inside of me that was like, you know, you can make it, just make it through the end of the year. And then, and then you can kind of feel, yeah, proud about getting through the year. So spring semester came. And since I was like an elective course, I got a whole new crop of kids every hour. And so spring semester was, you know, just a little bit better. And I I also had a semester of, you know, lesson plans and content under my belt. So that also helped like around March or April, I was able to, I wasn't spending as working on school stuff. So like I was finally able to kind of get back into the gym. Um, and so that helped, but, uh, there was just one day where I had, I just had this little conversation with myself where like, I can either let these kids get me all pissed off and upset every single day, or I can just kind of let it go, come into the room, let it be a space for them not to be like wild and chaotic, but, um, you know, just like a good place for them, them to be. I, I just, so for the rest of the school year with that one class, I just decided I'm just going to try to build relationships with these kids. I'm going to try to keep them in my classroom so that they're not wandering the halls, trying to cause trouble with other classes or students. And I'm just not going to let them get me pissed off and frustrated every day. So um, I just had to make that decision where, yeah, you just, I just have to let it go. And cause you know, I, they don't want to learn. They're not trying to learn. And me trying to keep forcing that isn't going to, you know, it's just never going to get anywhere with those kids. So, um, yeah, yeah I just great, had to make that decision. <laughs> what a great example of changing expectations in a really healthy way. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. No problem. <laughs> so the end of the year was coming about. You mentioned earlier that you were doing photography on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Is that when you transitioned or did you submit like resignation papers at the end of the year? I know in, in my district, they required to know by the end of the school year if you were going to be returning. Right. Tell us a little bit about that process and mm-hmm. how you went to what's next. Yeah. Um, so for a long, you know, early on, I knew I wasn't going to return the next school year. But yeah, it was towards towards April, um, maybe the beginning of May where I, and I, I hate conflict. I hate having hard conversations. So I kind of just kept putting it off. But I finally went in and talked to my principal and just told her my concerns that, you know, I'm, I'm planning on not coming back next year. 
here's kind of my reasoning why. Um, I also kind of put some blame on my now husband. I, you know, put the blame that we, we might be moving for military reasons. But yeah, so I had that initial conversation with her and then, and they really, they really tried really hard to convince me to stay. I had conversations with that principal and with my superintendent um, a couple different times, you know, and they were just kept telling me it's going to be better, you know, so they were trying. I did a good job um, while I was there and a lot of the students loved me, but, um, but I finally just typed up my official letter that I wasn't returning um, and handed that in. And then once school let out in May, I was, I was done. So yeah, so after that, um, luckily, I still had a couple months where I was still receiving my teacher salary. So I think I had until August where I was, was receiving that paycheck. So but I knew in my head all along that I, you know, now is the time to pursue photography. I had been doing it on the side for three to four years prior to this, but I just never tried to make it a full-time business. I guess I, I just didn't have, have the motivation that I did uh, once I quit teaching. So I just decided, hey, like this is your time if you really want to do this photography thing here, take this year to do it. And with photography, I, for three to four years on weekends, I was assisting. So I had experience doing that on weekends. So one day I just emailed a a lot of photographers in the Colorado area and just said, Hey, I'm looking to um, second shoot for anyone this summer. Here's who I priorly worked for. Here's a link to my work. And I got some people saying, you know, thanks for reaching out. And then I got two to three photographers who actually needed me as a second photographer. So awesome. Yeah. So uh, that last summer and into the fall, I was second shooting pretty often for photographers. And then during that time, I was starting to build, build up my Instagram and my website offering shoots for couples. I was doing uh, many, many family sessions. So I was trying to get get out there, get shooting. And then I, at the same time, I, I was also uh, redoing my website and kind of evaluating my brand. It had photography lingering in my head and just knew that, you know, now is the time to try it. And yeah, so I got, got through the fall where I was booking a lot of family sessions and second shooting. And then Um, winter came and I started booking weddings for 2019. During this time, I also photography wasn't my like full, my main income. Um, Once my teacher salary stopped coming in, um, I had also started uh, teaching online. Yeah, tell us about that. A lot of our audience is is interested in that. Some of our audience is already doing some with it. But for those that haven't done any, yeah, please, any insights? Yeah, so um, there's a company called VIP Kids and Q Kids. Those are like two big ones. I ended up getting, you know, a little uh, teaching job with Q Kids. Um, so there's like a short interview process, and you do a few like demo fake classes with um, one of the teachers. Um, but Q Kids is a is an online company, uh, English teaching company where you as a teacher, you are teaching online, teaching Chinese students English. And so uh, these kids ranged, age range from like four or five, all the way up till 
um, I think, you know, 11, 12 years old. And so you are kind of the interesting thing is that these students are located in China. So you're kind of working on Beijing time. And so uh, teaching class times start here in America at like 5am. And I think my last one would sometimes be at 7am or 7.30am. So you do have to, you do have to get up early and kind of depending what part of the US, like you might, you know, the hours would evidently be a little different. Um, And then some of they also offer some afternoon, afternoon, early evening teaching times, I never taught those just because of my schedule. But um, yeah, so that was kind of a good uh, temporary way to bring in some supplemental income. Um, Can you remind me, when did you start that? Was that after, like, was that during the summer break? I think, I think I applied, I started the application process around end of July, early August. And then I believe I was teaching consistently for them uh, probably end of August or for sure in September, by September I was teaching for them. Great. Yeah. Well, this is reminding me of some of the tips that I know that you mm-hmm. have later on, but that there was variety there. It wasn't like one clear job landing, you know, but kind of a year of, of trying right. a handful yeah. of things. So <laughs> I knew photography was something I really wanted to focus in, but like, you know, I didn't know how much money I could potentially make with it. So I'd been looking into all kinds of jobs. Um, I'd been looking into the online teaching options. I had been applying for jobs in the kind of in the tech industry. Um, if I didn't go back to, you know, a job in the office, I kind of was exploring jobs where you can work from home or, um, yeah, there's a lot of work from, from home jobs out there. So I was exploring those jobs. And then I even, I also subbed um, in the school district that I live in. I subbed for a little bit for a couple months too. Yeah, so I I kind of had I was kind of looking at a whole lot of different options and was just doing doing these little jobs just to, you know, keep adding on to income because I just I just wasn't sure what what was going to happen exactly. That's great. And a lot of teachers I think hold themselves back not knowing financially how things mm-hmm. will be. Can you offer any insights into that? I know everyone's experience yeah. is so different, but you know, as far as oh, something doesn't have benefits or, you know, it, oh, there's not insurance. And then yes. doing kind of freelance work or or photography or whatnot. Mm-hmm. How has that gone? I know for me, the first time I started paying for insurance, private insurance, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is very different. Like I've <laughs> got to check with, you know, what I'm making that it, that it all works out. But what has your experience yes. been in a financial yeah. realm? So kind of one thing... I realized was, so I come from a family of teachers, like my mom was a teacher, my grandma, I have an aunt. Um, There's just a lot of teachers in my life. And so it's kind of easy to think like, you know, teaching's a great career and just kind of be a little, not close-minded, but just not aware of all the job opportunities out there. And even just in my little job search of just seeing what was out there, I realized that I can match my teacher's salary or possibly beat it are so many other jobs, even as simple as like an administrative desk job. There were some jobs that I would have been, you know, matching my teacher's salary. So just kind of knowing that even though for a lot of us, the education and teaching world is kind of a safe 
career path. Like we know the schedule, we know you're going to be off in the summers, you have weekends off, it's kind of a real predictable world. And sometimes I think teachers or people in the education field forget that there's There's so many jobs out there. So just kind of, you know, think about what you're interested in, um, maybe what you have other experience in, maybe even, maybe you're a a history teacher and you might have, there just might be experience there that you can apply to other jobs, not in the education world. And the insurance thing is also kind of a tricky, kind of scary situation. At the time, I was still on my parents' insurance, but uh, that actually ended that same summer that I left teaching, but then my husband's military. So I ended up getting onto his insurance plan with military. So that's kind of a big, that really is a big reason that I didn't, or I didn't feel the pressure or need to go back to a job that offers benefits like that, just because he could, I could be covered under him. So that's kind of one area where I got a little lucky with that. That's great. And everyone's scenario is so different. That's great. I love that that's yours. Tell us just a little bit about photography. Like what, obviously your work is incredible. I love the colors and the tones. Thank you. Anyway, I, I really love it. What are some of your favorite things about photography, about what you do? So like I said, I do, you know, I do a lot of like family sessions and I do like some branding sessions for bloggers and, um, other small businesses, but I, I really love uh, photographing weddings. And I think why I love weddings is because you're just put in several different scenarios and lighting situations throughout the day. And I kind of, I kind of thrive on having a little bit of pressure on me and having to adapt fast. That's something that I really enjoy. And so with like a wedding day, you're taking pictures of the bride and her bridesmaids getting ready. And then maybe you're doing photos of the wedding party or their first look. And then you have the ceremony where maybe it's outdoors and the lighting is super harsh or um, maybe it's like about terrain. Um, And then after ceremony, you get some time to do bride and groom photos and family photos and then into the reception. And I just, I just really like that with weddings, you have to have a pretty solid understanding of lighting and how to work your camera because you're thrown into several just weird and unplanned lighting situations. So um, I love that about photography. And then I just love, I love working with couples and spending time with them and then just seeing them interact with each other and see what makes them laugh and Um, see them be cute and lovey with each other. And then I think another big thing why I love photography is I I get to create. And just growing up, I never, I never had a clear career path in mind. Like I, I wanted to be a writer. I got my degree in education, but I just never was 100% sure of what I was doing. And I just think that being self-employed and being able to work for myself and make my own schedule is really what I was meant meant to be doing. It can be confusing and frustrating at times, but I just, I really enjoy it. You know, and it's reminding me of what you said about that very first teaching opportunity you had that you loved, that you yes. and that group of students, you got to be creative mm-hmm. and produce things and make things. So I love your example of identifying your interests and your skills and intentionally directing your path toward them. 
So yeah, that's a great example. Just even thinking like, even if you have this little area that you really think you might be interested in or good at, like take classes or take an online class to kind of see, see if that's something that's for you because you just, you know, there's a reason you're feeling pulled towards a certain direction and like, you got to kind of fill it out to really know if that's for you, if you need to keep going in that way or not. So excellent advice. Um, you also had a couple of tips for transitioning teachers. Would you mind sharing those? Yeah. The number one is just to kind of financially have a, a plan in mind. Like if maybe you're, you know, starting the school year and you know, maybe next year you want to transition out, definitely just start, start saving where you, where you can that, you know, that would help just to have a little bit of a buffer would be to start saving. And, and then if maybe you are transitioning, I think just be open to short, short-term jobs or part-time jobs, or even if it is a full-time job that you, you might not a hundred percent love, but can just kind of give you that financial support you need as you're transitioning out. Um, so yeah, just like, don't be afraid to but, and then also just really being honest with yourself, like, what do you need to make every month to cover your basic cost of living expenses? Expenses. You just, you really need to be aware of that and kind of have um, a savings or a plan for how you're going to supply that. So that's kind of the, the major one. And then like we were talking about having, having this conversation about wanting to potentially leave the field of education or go in a different uh, area of education isn't something that is always the most comfortable to have with people you work with. So just know, like, just do, sometimes you need to do what's right for you. And your coworkers will probably never understand why, why you might be feeling that way or why you might be wanting to transition out. So just know that you're, you're not alone, but you just, you don't need the approval of others to move out. I think in teaching there's, there can be a lot of guilt when you're thinking about transitioning out. Cause even though my, my school was rough, there were so many students who I just loved and adored and I loved seeing them every day. And so um, and same with teachers, like one of my best friends taught at that school. And so I just had a lot of guilt for a while about um, leaving this school and leaving these people. But at the same time, I knew I knew my mental and emotional health, it just couldn't stay there. And so you just, you really got to do what's best for you sometimes. Great example. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I love how you mentioned that sometimes some places are not the right place to be chatting about this, but if people will go to teachertransition.com um, or they can find us on so- social media, those places are safe places where they can connect with other people that are that are heading in the same direction towards whatever is right for them. So we want to yes. provide that, again, a healthy platform and place to have needed conversations. So I completely understand. Thank you. So, you know, these people didn't really who worked at this school didn't know me outside of from when I was working at this school, but my, my husband could, he could see the toll it was taking on me every day because I would come home to him and I'm either just upset or pissed off or maybe I had an okay day. So I was in an okay mood, but he just, he saw how miserable I was. And even my parents who didn't even 
live here. Anytime I called them, they could just, they could tell how miserable I was. And so um, thankfully I did have my parents and my husband as kind of a support system. And so, you know, I was able to talk to them about things, but yeah, even, you know, the people around you, if hopefully you just have, you know, someone or a place like teacher transition to just kind of get those thoughts out and maybe talk about it with someone because it's, it's a hard decision to, to think about. I agree. When I was transitioning out of the classroom, I wasn't married and my roommates bless their hearts. (laughs) Shout out to my friends and my roommates because they were my soundboard. You know, they're who you turn to and, Mm -hmm. and really bless their hearts because that was taxing on them. And so hopefully, hopefully teacher transition is lightening the loads for a lot of the loved ones out there too, as well as providing, you know, a resource for, for help. (laughs) Skylar, thank you so much. We will put your Instagram page, uh, the link to that and, and to your site in the show notes for everyone to check it out. Beautiful, just gorgeous work. And thanks for your example and being open vulnerable to share your experience and the amazing things you do now. Appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If you're a teacher in the classroom and you know you need to be doing something different, but you don't know what you're qualified to do, what you can do, how to take those steps, the online course is just for you. It's called Find Your Next Dream Job for Teachers, and it will walk you through a process of identifying what you are a rock star at, what you love and enjoy and are skilled at, and then it will help you see how to connect with real companies and real opportunities aligned with that. We have lists for you of hundreds of companies who love hiring teachers, how to get in contact with them, who you can network through, personally to get in contact with them. And not just that, we have resume templates and cover letter templates already prepared for you, showcasing your educator skills and gearing it towards specific roles and jobs that teachers land effectively. These have all been reviewed by interviewers who interview teachers frequently. They've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. They are going to also coach you on how to interview effectively. So if you're not sure what to do next, go ahead and go to teachertransition.com forward slash find your job and sign up for our course there. We'll also have a link to it in the show notes. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.